Good evening, everyone. How are you? Let's, uh, let's begin with a prayer to the Holy Spirit, right? With Pentecost coming up. Well, we should always invoke the Holy Spirit, not just when Pentecost is coming, but near the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. Father, you taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of the Holy Spirit. And that same spirit, help us to relish what is right and always rejoice in its consolation. We ask you this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it is a real blessing to be here with you. Uh, Father Peter reached out to me a couple of uh, months ago, I think it was, and he invited me to come. Little did I know that, unfortunately, at that time, that his mother would pass, right? And, and so let's pray for him and his, his family. Uh, passing of a loved one, especially our parents, is always such a uh, challenging moment. So I'm, I'm sure that in our time in adoration here is a, uh, is there could be a real consolation for him. And you know, what's really beautiful is Father Peter, he has such a great heart. And um, I was just thinking of all the things that he has going on. He sent me already several messages asking me how the mission is going and just like giving me some words of encouragement. And it's, it's such a really a beautiful thing. So uh, you truly have a wonderful pastor. Um, I feel very home in this church. When I walked in, I started looking around. I was looking at all of the statues here. And uh, I'm going to bore you a little bit. But so St. John Neumann was ordained in the church that I worked at in Manhattan the Basilica of St. Patrick's Old Cathedral. I had the honor and the joy of serving there for uh, all the way until last July. So he was ordained there, and then he went up to Niagara Falls, and then he went out to Philadelphia. And ever since then, Philadelphia has been converted, except for the Eagles fans. (laughs) Yes, then we have St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, who an immigrant, John Neumann was an immigrant, Elizabeth Ann Seton was an immigrant who, uh, like so many, came through New York, through the Statue of Liberty there and Ellis Island, and then found, made her way down into lower Manhattan. Uh, at that time, Manhattan was this little tiny place, right? And then it saw this explosion of growth going from like 600,000 people to 5, 8 million within just like 10 years. And she was there for that, welcoming the immigrants. And she taught at the Catholic school that was attached to uh, St. Patrick's Old Cathedral. St. John Vianney. Uh, I happened on a relic of St. John Vianney that I always bring with me. A snippet, a snippet relic from his cassock. And I keep it with me when I hear confessions. St. Gianna Mola. I was at her beatification in Rome. That little girl that she's holding red at her mom's beatification mass. What about that? Can you imagine that? Reading at one of your mom's, your parents' beatifications in Rome and St. Peter's Plaza. St. Augustine, the confessions. What else do you need? If you could take one spiritual book besides sacred scripture to you on a deserted island, let it be the confessions. You have everything there. Uh, 
Mother Teresa, her nuns had me on speed dial and they would always call me. <laughs> Father J said, we would like you to come to Cuba to give us a retreat. I'm like, well, when is that? Next week. I was like, sister, one does not just fly to Cuba in one week, you know? <laughs> Uh, Mother St. Clair, I worked with Mother Claire of the CFR Sisters in New York. We did lots of great things for young adults in the city. The great St. Paul, I was ordained at St. Paul outside the walls on Pentecost way back in 2006. Um, the angels, I suppose I have a garden angel. There you go. And then I do, I don't suppose, I know I do. And then St. Peter, the wonderful St. Peter, uh, Many wonderful experiences. Um, I uh, acolyted a mass, the Easter Vigil Mass, for Pope Benedict XVI in um, St. Peter's, 2005. And uh, it was, I was really nervous. And if you go into St. Peter's, go into St. Peter's, right to your right is the statue of the Pieta, Right? So you go back there, and behind the Pieta, there's this little room, and that's the papal sacristy. And I was there with one other brother, and my job was simply to dry the Pope's hands with the little towel. So I held the towel, right? And we were there in the, uh, in the sacristy, and I could see the papal elevator was coming down, 12, 11, 10, 9. And then I was getting nervous, and my heart starts beating really fast, and the doors open, and out comes Pope Benedict XVI. And my first impression is, was, he's tiny. Like, he really was, like, this big. And then I was like, he's super white. Like, white hair, white cassock, and he just kind of glid across the floor. And the brother, we had the bowl, washed his hands, and then... They passed, uh, had the towel, right? I gave the towel to Pope Benedict, and he dried his hands. And when he dried his hands, the papal ring, the ring of Peter, came off. It was in the towel, and I didn't know that it was in the towel. And the Monsignor said, hey, get in line. We're going to process in for the Easter vigil. So I was like, okay. So I had this towel, and I'm like, they didn't tell me what to do with it. So I go, and I stuck it behind Michelangelo's Pieta crammed it back there. And um, I got in line, it was like this, and then all of a sudden you can hear Pope Benedict go, Dove e Mianello, where's my ring? <laughs> and the Monsignor says, the Monsignor said, did you forget to put it on? He's like, no, I always wear it. And then I was like, oh man. So I grabbed the, I grabbed the, uh, the towel, and I'm like, you don't like just give the ring to Pope, like is the paper, like I remember during the, the mass, the installation mass was on the altar and the, he reached over, he put it on himself, you know. So I just held it there like a Christmas present and he unwrapped it, he took the ring, he put it on and then he gave me a little slap on the cheek. <laughs> so that's my story with Pope Benedict Sixteenth. Anyway, uh, this, tonight's theme, tonight's theme, after that long and winded introduction... Uh, to this theme is marriage, marriage and the Holy Spirit. What a blessing we have to be able to pause and reflect on the great grace of the sacraments that we have received in our life. 
You can think of the sacraments, the seven sacraments, as the tongues of fire. The modern day tongues of fire that descend at one point or another over the head of each one of us. This is just, this is the remarkable reality. When we think about devotion to the Holy Spirit, it's good to think about God's preferred way to act and interact with us. God can work in many, many ways. You know, he's not limited. God is almighty and omnipotent, right? His, his mercy is as vast as the, the ocean. But a preferred way for us to receive the Spirit is through the sacraments. Many of us here, I'm sure, have received the sacrament of, of marriage, right? Uh, I've received, and Father Joshua, the, the sacrament of, of the priesthood. We've all, I imagine, received the sacrament of baptism, Holy Communion, probably some of us, the anointing of the sick. This is the way that the Holy Spirit, acting through the sacraments, reaches out to touch us. When I was working in New York City, I got a, a phone call to go do an anointing of the sick. And um, I stopped out there on Bleecker Street, and the, the gentleman who called me, this old man, he said, when you get there, you ring the buzzer, and I will open up the window and throw you down the key. So I, I get to this building there on, on Bleecker Street, busy traffic, there's people walking on the street, it's just like classic New York City before COVID, and I, I ring the buzzer, and like on the 35th floor, this window opens up, and he's like, hey, Father, and he takes this key and throws it out the window, and I'm like, thinking I'm playing center field for the New York Yankees, and I'm out there, I kind of go up the street, boom, dodge a car, grab the key, unlock it, I go all the way up to the 35th floor, <laughs> And I enter into this room, this this build, this room that's like a time capsule. It's like going back to the 1940s. And there's this fellow, World War II vet. He's wearing the hat, veteran, American flag. He's got the pin in there, uh, American flag pin. Um, ushers me into the room of his wife, who's in her last moments. And I'll never forget going into that room. She was laying there in the bed. And on her side of the bed was her baptismal certificate from like the 1920s. And on his side of the bed was his baptismal certificate. And then they had their communion certificates, which were so awesome in the 30s. They're so cool. It's like these angels like doing all adoration before and the kids are receiving out devoutly. It was just, it was awesome. And then over their wedding bed was this beautiful picture of the two of them on their wedding day. 
and he's wearing his uniform of a soldier. She's this beautiful Italian bride. I gave her the anointing of the sick. And then uh, she passed a few, a few days later. And I'll never forget the image of this fellow after 50, over 50 years of marriage, kneeling down there on his knees, like before the casket of his wife, praying for her. What a great image. It was so impactful. And here I was thinking, for this couple, our Lord was with them at every step of the way. How many times did they receive communion together? Through all of the ups and downs, all of the joys and sorrows, all of the troubles of life, all of the successes of life, all of that, at every step of the way, our Lord was with them until the last moment. Ushering her into eternal life. This beautiful blessing, the nuptial blessing, Look now with favor on these your servants joined together in marriage who ask to be strengthened by your blessing. Send down on them then the grace of the Holy Spirit and pour your love into their hearts that they may remain faithful in their marriage covenant. This outpouring, this offering of an outpouring of the grace of the Holy Spirit upon their marriage. We have a great gift. A great gift. Our Lord said at the Last Supper, one of the most mind-blowing phrases I can imagine, it is better for you if I go. That's really, I've paused on that and prayed over that so many times. How is it possible that it is better for Jesus to go so that we can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? The gift of the Holy Spirit. St. Paul when you read his letters, he is marveling at this new reality that is breaking forth. This new reality. This reality is love. Christ-like love. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's why a lot of the first Christians would say, people would say about the first Christians, look how they love each other. Because people did not love each other like the way Christ inspired to lay down one's life for the good of the other person. And this new power that is breaking forth, St. Paul is looking at how it's changing everything, absolutely everything. Death wears your sting. 
because it's been transformed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church. It's been so, it's so amazing to think the boldness of those words. To love like Christ. Where does any of us on our own get the strength to love like Jesus? If I told you, like, hey, you know what? I, I, I love like Jesus. I got it. He's like, I got it down. I can do it. Like, I mean, I went to New York. I never got impatient in New York. Not once. I never honked my horn at anyone. I was never tempted to, you know, the temptation just bounces off of me. No, no, no. None of us. We're all in the same boat. We're all weak. Totally weak. Christopher West says it best. He said, if we were a car, we would have three good tires and one flat one. It's like, that's how it is. We're all weak. We're all weak. I remember, I was just talking about my ordination at St. Paul outside the walls. I, uh, I was up all night. I was so nervous. I was like, how in the world am I ever going to be able to match up to the ideal of what is the Catholic priesthood? I was just laying in bed all night staring at the wall. I'd studied for 12 years. I thought I'd be ready. Not even 12 years. I was like, I need 12 more years, you know? And I remember I was so nervous. I was like, I'm going to go swimming in the pool. And like, I was like, I don't know where the lights are. I got up at 3 o'clock. I went down to the pool, and there's already like five people who are going to be ordained doing laps. They were all, everybody was so nervous, right? We're all weak. We're all weak. The good news, the truly good news, where it can come, where we can have, we can look at our Lord and say, thank you. It's better for you that you went. It's better for me that you went because you sent the Holy Spirit. We all have, through the sacrament that we have received, a power. A power that comes from the gift of the Holy Spirit. St. Paul in his Greek uses the word dynamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. It's like we have this dynamite within, this strength far beyond ourselves. Boom! The strength to love, to love like Christ. In my own personal life and in the marriage prep and in the marriage work that I've done, I've, I've arrived to a, a key point in how I see this. And this between, I'm going to make a, a comparison between the sacrament of marriage and the sacrament of the priesthood. So, Jason Smith, who grew up in uh, Minnesota, and by the way, I have to take the opportunity to remind Father Joshua that the Minnesota Twins did beat the St. Louis Cardinals, his hometown Cardinals, in the 1987 World Series. Anyway, that's a tangent. Uh, <laughs> but Jason Smith, who grew up in Forest Lake, Minnesota, I remember when I started thinking about the priesthood. Right, I started to have this inclination towards the priesthood. And at that time, I was a college student, and I worked at Kmart, right? And I would be stalking the pet food aisle and the arts and crafts and all those things, kitchen corner. 
And when things weren't going on, I would start dreaming about the priesthood. I can't wait that day, you know. And I would, I would pretend that I was consecrating the Eucharist. I would say, this is my body given up for you. And I would like pretend like there in the pet food aisle, like lift up this. <laughs> Nothing happened. Nothing happened, right? Sometimes I, I would kind of imagine myself hearing confessions. I absolve you. Nothing happened. Why? Because those are moments that are a grace that is far beyond what Jason Smith can do. It's what God does. It's the grace of the sacrament, the power of the sacrament. What I'm doing when I celebrate Mass, hearing confessions, the anointing of the sick, is I'm exercising power of the sacrament that I have received, believing in it deeply, profoundly, letting it sink in that this I am this through the grace and the power and the gift of the Spirit. The conundrum is in marriage. Where do you actualize the grace of marriage? In the priesthood, there's specific moments, specific spots of time where it's clear I'm doing something right now that is beyond me. In marriage, perhaps it's not that clear, right? Many people view the sacrament of marriage as like, well, the sacrament happened on that wonderful Saturday afternoon, and then we, people process out, right? And then the sacrament stays, it's like a one-time thing. No, it's lived out just like the priesthood. Every day. Every day. The same grace, the same dynamis, the same power, that has been poured out over me is poured out over all of those that have received this sacrament. Send down on them the grift of the Holy Spirit. The key for me, personally, is that the love be intentional. That we actualize intentionally the gift of the sacrament that we have received. When we're having a moment of crisis in faith, I beg the Lord for the power of the Holy Spirit through the grace of baptism that I've received that I'm a child of God. Lean into it. It's there for a reason. And in marriage, every act of love, from the small things, the unnoticed things, picking up somebody's socks, right? Washing up after the one who never does the dishes, 
that act of patience, the kindness, the smile, all of those things, from the small to the large, right? These are all actual moments to actualize the grace of the sacrament that you have received, including intimacy. What an amazing thing. Couples who have been married to pray to the Holy Spirit before physical intimacy. Wow. Send down upon us the gift of the Spirit. Just like, just like uh, Tobias there in the scripture, right? This is the way that we actualize our power that we have received in, in the sacraments. I'll close with uh, our thought. Um, The Holy Spirit, it's like um, a divine infusion into our life. It's like divine steroids. We're all Mark McGuire of the St. Louis Cardinals, right? We've all received into our life this power in order to be love like in order to love like Christ St. Augustine has a phrase that when I first read it I'm reminded of this because I saw the statue of Augustine when I first read it I, I, I just stopped because I, I didn't understand it I actually didn't really like it but now, the more I thought about it the more I think it actually is the perfect synthesis Augustine writes that God's plan for the human race is that there be one Christ loving himself. God's plan for the human race is that there be one Christ loving himself. That's to say that each one of us are becoming Christ. That a husband can look into his wife's eyes, the wife can look into the husband's eyes and say, you love me like Jesus. I see Jesus in you, in your words, in your affirmation, in your kindness, in your patience, in your self-giving. That there be one, that all of us be one in Christ. And the Holy Spirit will always be inspiring us gradually, little by little, into that direction to love as Christ, to love as Him. Let's ask the Lord for this gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit in all of us, in each, whatever stage, whatever walk of life that we are in, to take seriously the sacrament that we've received, to ask the Holy Spirit to inspire us to love as Jesus did.